earthquakes, volcanoes, and that was just the Democratic primary last night. That when you gather everybody up that watched it last night, here's what you hear. Uh, it was, uh, it's quite interesting to actually watch it and then see how the mainstream media reports on it. Uh, boy, do they want these people to find it. anybody, anybody. They just want desperately. Is there, there's somebody up there that did a really good job. We talk about the debate and so much more in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program. Just a quick update. Uh, thank you for all of your prayers. Uh, Mary got out of uh, surgery. She's my uh, eldest daughter. She has cerebral palsy and uh, has um, has really had her whole life turned upside down from epileptic seizures. The people at UT Medical Center are amazing. This is probably the I I've, I'm the family and I talked about it. Um, I think actually this may be the reason we moved to Dallas. You know, we've 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 kind of wondered and we've put a whole bunch of different things into that and I think this may be it. This is the leading area for epilepsy, uh perhaps in the world. And one of the best doctors uh happens to be her doctor and her surgeon. It was amazing and I wanna tell you about the miracles that we saw. It's it's truly remarkable, but I want to tie it into news of the day because some of the stuff that we're talking about is nonsense because of the miracles of technology that are coming uh, our way quickly. So if you read CNN or anybody else, <clears throat> they will downplay uh, the Bernie Sanders and the Elizabeth Warren fight because they're now sending signals. Can we can we stop this? Stop this fight uh, because they don't want to eat their own. But this is what happens at this point. You got to eat your own. Warren Warren wouldn't shake Bernie Sanders' hand. Blah 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 blah. I don't really care about really any of that. I don't think the American people care about that. If he said, you know, uh, you know, a, women, a woman can't win, he's just wrong. He's just wrong. It has to be the right person. But he didn't say that. He didn't that. say he, that. Warren he is totally just trying to take shots at him. I mean, you know, he what he probably said is what I think he explained last night, which was, you know, that uh, that Donald Trump is going to take cheap shots at women and it's going to make it difficult. Like, that's a, a very standard line of thought on and the you know Democratic what? side. He may have thought a woman can't win because he's going to swing hard and they won't be able to swing hard back or whatever his, his theory is, if he even said that. Mm -hmm. But that's the same as Buttigieg can't win. Buttigieg won't be able to win because he is... Uh, perceived as uh, anti-Christian in some groups. He is also uh, homosexual, which is not uh, cool with too the African-American uh, group. He's too young. He's too inexperienced, whatever. So, I mean, it's That's silly. It's a political calculation. It's not an anti-woman thing. Right. It's ridiculous that they're going through this. But I did want to play only one part of this uh, exchange, and that is... The CNN. In, insane. This is, I've never heard anything like it. So she asks Bernie Sanders, did you say that? He says, 
Absolutely not. I did not. And you can find all these clips of me saying things about women. And how would I possibly say that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote? So how could I possibly have said that? Then listen to the follow up. After he says that, she follows up with Elizabeth Warren. Listen to this. Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? (laughs) I disagree. Unreal. This is what usually happens to a conservative. Mm -hmm. This is the way they they treat conservatives. No matter what we say, it is their way. And you'll never be able to prove it otherwise. Whatever your intent was, whatever you really meant, whatever, it doesn't matter to them. I've not seen them do it to a democratic socialist. But I, that's one of the most remarkable moments from a reporter that tells you everything you need to know about the press today. Yeah, because you can ask that question in a difficult way to both of them and yes. it's fair right and like that's could, the way it should be right you could say to bernie like hey why'd you say this and then you could say to her he says he told he didn't even say that Correct. why are you saying he did exactly right? and like, that's totally fair way of asking those that questions. is what a journalist is supposed to do yeah they decided that she was telling the truth this individual decided mm-hmm. that she was telling the truth instead of Putting them both under the heat lamp and making them sweat yeah. and let the American people decide which one's telling the truth. Now, part of this is the initial story that Bernie said this is a CNN report. Now, the Washington Post has uh, witnesses and, and uh, sources that say Bernie didn't say it. Um, so I don't know if they're just trying to give their own report credibility or what, but that was an embarrassing moment. I mean, you cannot ask that question. It was completely unfair. The audience laughed at it. Yeah. Laughed at it. And it's partially, it could be that they believe Bernie Sanders can't beat Donald Trump and Elizabeth Warren can. I don't see how you'd believe that. In watching her performances, I am not impressed at all. I think she's custom built to be defeated by Donald Trump. Look, here's what we are. Here's what we're fighting. Um, and and I know this firsthand, and I'll, I'll tell you a story later. Um but what we're fighting is people that are burned out in the news. And I hear this from everybody, my friends, me, me. I, I don't, I can't consume the news on, in, on cable television anymore the way I used to. Can't. It's just too frustrating. It's, I know what everybody's going to say. It's, it's lies, manipulation, and spin, and it's coming from everywhere. And I know enough of the facts to just go, oh, my God, I can't. You, you have got to be. Every time I turn on the TV, within 45 seconds, I am saying, you have got to be kidding me. Because I know the facts. Most Americans don't know the facts. So they get their news from these places in sound bites and in headlines. Not even the stories, just headlines. They've made up their mind that Donald Trump is a monster. So it doesn't matter who's running against him. You've got a large number of people that without any basis other than Donald Trump not being helpful in this department, who just believe that he's out of control and unstable. And they want him out. 
And so it doesn't matter if it's Bernie Sanders or it's Pete Buttigieg. He'll get a he'll get 48 percent, whoever it is, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, the Antichrist (laughs) will get about 40, 40 to 48 percent guaranteed because there's just people are not going to change their minds. They're just not going to do it. And the same thing for Donald Trump. Right. Like Correct. if he's going to get 40 to 48 percent, whatever that is, uh, and then they're going to be fighting about everybody else. So the game changers here are the ones that uh, will be able to tell the truth about both sides. The only people that will have any credibility during this election to be able to sway people are the people who don't really like either of them. For different reasons <laughs> that are not that, that are saying, look, I, you know, I like this person for this reason. I don't like this person for this reason, because the the only way to change people's minds is to meet them where they already are. And where most people are is. I don't like the I don't like what the other side stands for. And what's crazy is there's enough room on that in all of us to be actually be united. I don't like what the other side stands for. And I don't like what our side stands for. I mean, the way this is being executed, it's one thing what they say, it's another thing what they do. And the craziest thing is, is the guy who looks like uh, he's the most unstable is only being judged by the cover. And when I say the cover, what I mean is his speech is what he says, not what he does. Judge a person by what they do, not what they say. And Donald Trump is being, and rightly so, because that's the way we've always had to judge people. What is he saying? he's saying crazy things but what is he actually doing and the doing part never gets down to the average american they don't know any of the doing part they can't give you any policies in fact can we just play this clip we just saw it on the four minute buzz it's from the college fix and they went to college students and they they put all of the worst dictators on the planet and donald trump and asked these people in college, who's the worst? Who's the most dangerous? Listen to this. Of the following five world leaders, which do you think is the greatest danger to world peace? America's President world Trump, peace. China's President Xi, Kim Jong-un in North Korea, Putin in Russia, or the Supreme Leader of Iran? I would say Trump. I mean, I think it's kind of, kind of shown by the most recent actions that it is Trump. I think I would say Trump. Um, I would say Trump, too. I would also say Trump. Many of his leaders are worrying, but I worry most about Trump's erratic behavior and how unpredictable he is. I think having our president be Donald Trump, it is severely dangerous to our country and the world. Peace. Uh, I'll have to say our president. Unfortunately, he uses a policy of act first, react later. I I think it is Trump. Okay, so we're talking about the Ayatollah, Kim Jong Un. President Z, President Putin, dictators. And what is it that they're focusing on? 
he's unstable. Now, let me flip this for you. Is Donald Trump unstable? I don't think he's mentally unstable. That's just the way he is. That's the way he always has operated. He likes a world of chaos, his world of chaos. And he is he likes press and he he's a firm believer any press is good press. So he he likes the the fight, he likes the chaos, he likes the grind of it all. He's a street brawler. However, let's forget about the packaging. Let's forget about the cover. The, the cover. Let's forget about what he says in tweets and everything else. And I know that's important, but let's just forget about that for a second. They're pointing out that he is unstable in the world. How is he unstable? In fact, how is he unstable in the world? Here's how he's unstable. He's not playing the game the State Department began to play in the 1930s and 40s. That they have a plan for the world, and it's going to be this big united world, and the United States is going to be running it all, and we'll be the policemen, and we'll go and fight these wars that will never really end. This is not some crackpot theory. Read about it in... uh, What's the book? What's the book? 1960s. We used to talk about it all the time, Stu. Uh, Tragedy and Hope. Tragedy and Hope. Read about it. It, it outlines it. It was about mutually assured destruction. It's about how we tied our monetary systems together, etc., etc. Well, you weren't part of that, or our grandparents weren't part of that discussion. It just happened because all of the elites thought that's the way the world should run. And it's been getting us involved in places we shouldn't be involved in. Now, Democrats, you should be in love with Donald Trump's policies on the world because he doesn't want to intervene. The, the claim has always been that the United States is just this bully. That's what the left has always said. We're a bully. We flex our muscles all around the world, and we tell people how, well, you've got conservatives agreeing with you. I agree. We shouldn't be all over the world flexing our muscles and trying to nation build. We shouldn't be trying to move democracy into every region of the world by force. We agree. He's being labeled unstable. Because he's not playing the game that has always been played by every president since Truman. He doesn't buy into it. He doesn't like it. Good news, America. Neither do you. Ah. <sighs> So can we play the audio of Van Jones from uh, last night? Here's what Van Jones said. Democrats have to do better than what we saw tonight. There was nothing I saw tonight that would be able to take Donald Trump out, and I want to see a, a, a Democrat in the White House as soon as possible. There was nothing tonight that if you're looking at this thing, you say this, any of these people are prepared for what Donald Trump is going to do to us, and to see further division tonight is very dispiriting. <laughs> I got to say, one thing about Van Jones is he's actually a good television analyst. 
Like he he occasion he says things against his own party. Yeah, he is. I think. Be, I mean, he's honest, right? Like, I want a Democrat to win. This sucked. Like, yeah. that's a. I, yeah. I, you actually appreciate people who will not just take their party line and defend their guy at, at any cost. I, uh, he's actually. I don't. I didn't want him in the White House, but uh, he's actually good at the CNN thing. I think he is for what he believes. Yeah. yeah. He, he, I I am exactly with you. I appreciate the fact that he's that he says it like it is, and and he lets people know where he's coming from yeah. every time. You're going to disagree with him eighty, ninety percent of the time, but yeah. at least you. It, it's and that you, is bizarre. You value people who actually seem like they're being honest and not just spouting what they think they're supposed to say, right? Obviously, this is a thing that the conservative media is going to jump all over today, and uh, Democrats surely are telling him behind the scenes. Dude, shut up. Just shut up. I, you're right. Obviously, we agree. These candidates suck, but stop saying it. Right? Like, I like the person who's going to come out and just say it anyway. Um, and I, I, by the way, I like that on our side, too. If, uh, if someone, some Republican does something stupid, I want the guy who's going to come out and say, you know what? Look, I obviously agree with him on, the, on these policies, but that was stupid. I want that. Uh, I, I, I don't do know. a podcast with, James, with Van Jones? It'd be interesting to hear his point of view mm. on what has happened. You and him? Well, no, not, well, not. I mean, yes, we'd have to address that. I mean, most dangerous guy out there. Um, and I don't know if he's had a change of heart or if he's had a change of of strategy. I don't know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I would believe him. Um, but he's at least saying the things against his own party even though I don't agree with him at all. And it would be interesting to see what he thinks of the battle because the battle is of absolute radicals now. And he doesn't seem to be backing the radicals, does he? I don't know. I haven't heard who he's endorsing yeah, or I supporting. Don't know he is, I don't know. But... I mean, I would assume he's probably supporting someone who I completely disagree with on every oh, everything, thing. everything. But everything. Uh, you do like the fact that he's... But he's that not he's... a revel... He doesn't... I don't know. It would be an interesting conversation. Is he a revolutionary still? I don't know. I don't know. It would be interesting to see you and him talking together in a a podcast setting, though. That would be a a fascinating conversation. (laughs) It it would be. (laughs) It would be. All right. Back in just a second, I want to talk to you about why all this healthcare talk is nonsense. Coming up. I want to play, um, I think it was Amy Klobuchar last night rambling about health care. And listen to this. Senator Sanders and I have worked together on pharmaceuticals for a long, long time, and we agree on this. But what I don't agree with is that we, sh- his position on health care. This debate isn't real. I was in Vegas the other day, and someone said, don't put your chips on a number on the wheel that isn't even on the wheel. That's the problem. Over two-thirds of the Democrats in the U.S. Senate are not on the bill that you and Senator Warren are on. Uh, You have numerous governors that are Democratic that don't support this. You have numerous House members that put Nancy Pelosi in as Speaker. The answer is a nonprofit. So she goes into a nonprofit scheme. Let me tell you something. First of all, tell me the nonprofits that that are thriving and doing great and expanding and growing to show those to me can you think of any off the top of your head Stu? i mean some hospitals are nonprofits, right i mean there's a diff- the structure is different between a charity and a nonprofit. that's a, that's a distinction i think she's trying to make there um you know i know that uh 
they're now seeing a movement in journalism where uh, they're taking newspapers and moving them to nonprofit status mm-hmm. because they had no chance at being profitable yeah. and could so not exist in that world. Running towards mm-hmm. the government to mm-hmm. find some sort of shelter. It's, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. Um, and I want you to know, because I, I started listening to her, and all I heard was blah, 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 blah. Not because what she was saying wasn't well thought out or anything else. This argument on health care is, is exactly the same as saying we need government stables for all of the horses for the future. Because there are going to be so many horses in the city. And we've got to we've got to make the roads softer for the little hooves of the horses. And we're going to need giant poop chutes everywhere. And we're going to need to have more barns for horses because look at what's happening to us. And having that conversation in about 1921. (laughs) Okay, the car, the assembly Mm -hmm. line had already been uh, developed it was already online model t's were around the corner by 1929 the car had really taken hold of of much of america at least in the cities and ever the writing was on the wall it's over it's over you don't have to worry about any of those oh this buggy seat is a little unsafe you don't have to worry about it because it's not happening the same thing for health care your health care mark my words, by 2030, you are not going to want to have the opinion of your doctor. You are going to want the opinion from AI. Your doctor may come in and say, well, I've read your... Yeah, that's great. What does AI say about it? Because it is going to be far more accurate. You will be able to diagnose most problems in your own home. You will have Google Health or Amazon Health, and it's not going to be a place, it's going to be an app in your home that will give you much of the stuff that you need, which will cut down on all kinds of paperwork, offices, office visit, employees, all of this stuff. So you will get your, you know how our hospitals are all backed up because people use them as a clinic? That's over. That's over. Because you'll be able to have AI do it for you. Things are traveling so rapidly right now. And we are so stupid to be. I I didn't say this to you in 2010. Because 2010 was still 20 years away. And I didn't really believe it uh, to the extent. Because so much of it had been forecasted. Just the changes in the last 10 years alone. Should be writing on the wall for everybody. The world is about to change, and especially the world of medicine. Let me tell you what happened yesterday. By the way, let's say hello to Pat Gray. Hi, Pat. Hi, Glenn. From Pat Gray Unleashed, you can listen to his podcast wherever you find your podcast, or you can listen to him live every morning before this program. Um, uh, Yesterday, my daughter goes in uh, for brain surgery, and they are implanting... 22 electrodes into her brain, not on her brain, into her brain, about two centimeters deep uh, from, I think it's 0.8 to two centimeters deep in her brain. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Does she feel that? No, you don't have any nerves in your actual brain. Oh, okay. So you don't you mm. feel the holes. Yeah, but you don't feel the the brain. So there's a cable. There's cables now that are all bunched together that are about what would you say that circumference is? Maybe that. An inch and a half? Yeah, inch and a half, maybe two inches mm-hmm. of cables. 122 cables all coming out, processing the info, taking the information to a processor. They're watching everything, everything on her brain. It's like an EEG, except the EEG is in the brain, not on the skull. They couldn't do this 10 years ago. Three years ago, the doctor told me, for us to do it, we had to take and cut the skull cap off. So from ear to ear, eyes to the back of your head, just make a circle around and just take that cap of your, your skull off Oof. and then implant it. Yesterday, they drilled four, uh, I think it's two centimeter holes in the sides of her head drilled four now that's still bad but that's mm-hmm. not taking the you know that's not giving right. you the frankenstein uh work and somehow or another they got all of that stuff done and implanted it and they did it with cat scan technology and robotics guiding everything every step of the way so it was exactly where it all needed to be imagine that that is really something yeah yeah. Wow. So this is what wow. happened yesterday. Do you have to take her to Cuba for this? Because yeah, well, the, the health are so, so much far. better. Yeah. yeah. UT is, I think, the leader in the world on mm. uh, epilepsy. And uh, they're doing, they, they can only do, it takes so many people to do it. They can only do one of these a week. Wow. Um, yeah. And wow. that's way ahead, apparently, of everybody else. Um. But it is a technological wonder what's going on. Now, because this is a university hospital, she could opt in or opt out of doing tests, you know, for research. So I was proud of her. She said, yes, I'll, I'll do, I can be your guinea pig on some things. So what they're, so she has to stay there and be monitored for a while. No, she has to be there for probably 10 days. She'll, and then she'll have another surgery to take all that stuff out. And then she'll have another surgery to fix the problem. So she has to have three, two real brain surgeries. Wow, One geez. is just removing all this stuff, which I, mm. I said to the doctor, I'm assuming you just don't yank it out, you know, like <laughs> when I do with a cord, like, mm. mm-hmm. uh, anyway, um, so it, it's, she'll be going through this through the summer, but it may completely take care of all of her seizure activity, wow. which is a miracle, incredible, a miracle. Yeah. Um, uh, so as I'm, I'm watching all of this and I said to the, the tech, um, who was there, he was the head of UT tech. She's doing a experiment where they have one more sensor that they put in, um, that is get this, you know, what a neuron is right. Mm-hmm. So a neuron is when you think something, that neuron takes that information and travels through your head, or I, I don't even know how it works. Um, but the neuron is what makes us think and move and do everything else. There are millions of neurons in our head. They're brain cells, millions mm. of them in our head. 
they put an, an instrument in her head to track a single neuron. One. Jeez. They can now find it down to a single mm. neuron, and every day she's doing like a 40-minute test where they're like, I don't even know what it is, but, you know, think about bunnies. And they watch that neuron to see what happens. Move your legs. And they're watching how a single neuron lights up and moves around the head. Is that not wow. incredible? incredible? It's yes. incredible. And this is the University of Texas Medical Center. I mean, this is not the Cleveland Clinic and Mayo or anything else. It's a very well-respected, but one that you don't think of at the top of your head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And look at what they're doing. They are leading the field in epilepsy, I believe. And it's incredible. And as I'm talking to this tech yesterday, I said, this is going to look barbaric in five years. And he said, oh, we can barely keep up with it. He said, it's just happening faster and faster and faster. So all of this talk about what we think of, well, that's really expensive. Yeah, that surgery, I think, is six or eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I think I think that's the number I heard. It's crazy expensive. Of course, you don't know because that's not the way our healthcare system works. Correct. You just I don't have know. insurance and they just pay it. And Yeah. And we're lucky enough to have the greatest insurance yeah. I think mm-hmm. money can buy. Yeah. Great insurance. Um, and so it's costing us, I think, $3,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. That's incredible. It's crazy. Uh, but anyway, it's that expensive. But do you remember when we went to Fox and I was told there was one thing in my studio I wasn't even allowed to touch. And when I did touch it during a show, one of the engineers came to me afterwards and said, please don't touch that. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking. You remember what it was? No. Was it the screen? The, the screen. Yeah. It was a monitor screen. It was a yeah. monitor screen, and I think it was 84 <laughs> inches, maybe 100 inches. Okay? But I think it was 84 and the reason the reason why I remember being told not to touch it is because he told me the price. It was over one hundred thousand dollars. One hundred thousand dollars, and it was eighty four inches. And I don't even know if it was high definition. Probably was. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. probably was. So for a screen that would probably be uh, two thousand. I found and one. Then you would have it in your home. I found one in Walmart and marveled at the miracle of capitalism. Fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred. Wow. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> so when these things wow. become robotic, when these things are all driven by <laughs> algorithms, when AI takes takes over, you're not. The prices are not going to be what they are right now. It's you know. <laughs> It's it's flying on an aircraft the first time we were taking, you know, uh, airliners. It Is was it, wildly expensive. I keep coming back to this when we're talking about healthcare, of the way you're talking about it with AI, in that isn't this the reason why they have to grab control of it now? Yes. If they let it out there in the free market for too long, no one's going to care about them getting control of it. It's the same thing with the Internet and net neutrality. They needed to get control of that now. 
before everybody has access to different Wi-Fi networks. You don't necessarily need all the broadband money they keep wanting to spend. They want to grab control before uh, these things happen so that afterwards they can still manipulate it. I think the genie is out of the bottle. It's too far out of the bottle. It's not too far to throttle it, to kill it. If you kill capitalism, you kill this. Mm. Um, But I'm telling you, the future is extraordinarily bright. Just make it to 2030. Just make it to 2030. And the whole world is going to change. Hey, do we have uh, Joe Biden talking about the uh, caliphate? Uh, go ahead. Pl- play this. Uh, here's Joe Biden. Yes. Vice President Biden is Senator Warren Wright. Well, I tell you what. There's a difference between combat troops and leaving special forces in a position. I was part of the coalition that put together 68 countries to deal with stateless terror as well as failed states. Not us alone, 68 other countries. That's how we were able to defeat and, and end the caliphate for ISIS. The They'll caliphate? Come back if we do not deal with them and we do not have someone who can bring together the, caliphate? the, rest of the world Stop. to go. The caliphate? First of all, it's caliphate. Second of all, you were part of the administration that mocked and ridiculed me forever for saying a caliphate is the goal in the Middle East, and they're going to put one together. You mocked me. Now you are taking credit for defeating ISIS when it happened under Donald Trump's watch, and you can't even pronounce the word caliphate? How are you the vice president of the United States that would even be considered to be a president? Oh, my gosh. Ah, It's a good thing none of your people that are going to vote for you guys are actually watching or paying attention. You're listening to Glenn.